Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for December 15th, 2017. We have an 11-game NBA slate. These are my least favorite kinds of NBA slates just because it ends up being a ton of choices. So we'll see how this shapes out. I'll probably either end up playing some cash games or not playing at all, depending what the slate looks like. Uh, First game we have here, the Miami Heat at the Charlotte Hornets. So for the Hornets... Uh, just we kind of have the same situation with Dwight Howard. Since Cody Zeller's been out, he's been playing a ton of minutes. Uh, Dwight Howard still only 8100. Like I still think that's reasonably a reasonable price for him. I don't think that's too high, even though it's gone up. Uh, from the Heat side of the game, uh, Tyler Johnson was out last game. That led to a lot more minutes for. Well, it actually didn't lead to a lot more. I thought it was going to lead to more minutes for Goran Dragic, but he ended up getting injured. Uh, he got into foul trouble and ended up playing not as much as I would have hoped for. And then it was Wayne Ellington who played a lot of minutes. Ellington is a fade for me for this slate with Tyler Johnson back. Ellington might not even get any minutes. Uh, overall from this game, I think the decent plays are James Johnson, 5,900, Dwight Howard, 8,100. Overall, pretty low-paced game, so not a game to go heavy at. Yeah, I really have nothing much to add here because those are the two guys I would target also. Howard, especially without Whiteside there, should be able to get more rebounds than expected. And he's been playing a lot more minutes, like we've mentioned a few times now with Cody Zeller out. So good spot for Dwight Howard. He's been priced up a little bit, but 8,100 is not a lot. And then James Johnson has been a pretty good play in that 5,500 to 6,000 range for a while. Yeah, those are the two obvious guys. And with Tyler Johnson active, there's just too many guard minutes to go, or too many guards to go around where uh, the minutes are going to be kind of condensed for everyone in the Heat backcourt. All right, next game, we have the Pistons on the tail end of a back-to-back on the road playing in Indiana against the Pacers. So let's see, what is the price that we have here on Andre Drummond up to 9100 Old Depot 8900 uh, I think this game is probably a fade for me. I don't really think it has a ton of interest. Oladipo, I, I think there's going to be – I think there are good spots to use them, but still the price is up, and this is a really down-paced game for them. And then just from the Pistons' side of the game, road game of a back-to-back, I usually tend to try to stay away from those games. So I think this is a stay away for me. Yeah, it's not a game with a particularly high total. The Pistons do play pretty slow pace, so the over-under is at 208.5. I think it's a fairly easy game to fade, but I do think there's upside as always in Miles Turner. So I don't know. could be worth rostering some Miles Turner in GPPs, but – I think I agree with you. It's it's a, it's a good game to just look past. All right. And then we have the Thunder at the Sixers. These are actually two of the better defensive teams in the league. I think the Sixers are at it's something like eighth in defensive efficiency, except they're much better than that in the games that Embiid plays, and there's some games that he hasn't been active. So one of the games where Embiid's there, I think this is probably going to be a much lower-scoring game than most people would think of. I think a lot of people look at, oh, Thunder, Sixers, and think Westbrook, Embiid. Paul George, Ben Simmons, and just think it would be a really high-scoring game. Probably not the case for this one. Uh, let's see. I think Embiid at 9,800 is pretty rosterable. But other than that, I think there's upside in Paul George down at 7,700. Uh, Robert Covington, 6,100, I think is uh, expected to play, except there's probably a good chance that he's a little bit restricted coming off the back injury. So another game where not really a lot of exposure, I think, the, the best plays are Embiid, Paul George, and no real value plays here. Yeah, there are definitely other uh, high-priced guys to pay up for that are better plays than Russell Westbrook in this matchup. So no Westbrook at all. Covington is expected to play, but he could be limited, so that might actually help Paul George a little bit. And 
Paul George's price seems to be just a little bit too low. Although Westbrook has been taking so many more shots lately. Part of that is because Paul George missed a few games, but I think the trend was starting even before George got hurt. So I don't know. It's it's tough to trust Paul George. I think Embiid's usable, but I'm probably fine with just using no one from this game at all. All right, Portland, Orlando. And for Portland, we have Nurkic is questionable. For Orlando, Aaron Gordon's questionable. Jonathan Isaac is questionable. Aaron Aflalo is questionable. So this is just a lot of guys that are up in the air. If Nurkic is out, I believe that Zach Collins started in his place last game. Uh, he didn't play a ton of minutes, if my memory serves correct. I think he played like 23 minutes or so. Um, trying to bring that up really quick. Oh, also, Myers Leonard was out for that game. So if Leonard and Nurkic are both out, what is the price on Zach Collins? Zach Collins is 3400 and he played how many minutes? Uh, he only played 21 minutes last game. So even so, I think maybe you could use Collins as a punt play at 3400 but not really a lot of upside with so few minutes. Uh, from the Orlando side of the game, the guy who was the huge value play last game was Mario Hazonia with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Aflalo all out. He is now priced at, where is Hazonia? 4200 So I, I still think that he's usable, uh, but obviously that would be contingent on him being in the starting lineup. And then maybe you could take a look at Wesuwandu if he's in the starting lineup again, but He's really done very little so far this year. He's scoring about five fantasy points per game in 11 minutes, so under a fantasy point per minute. It's just he played so many minutes last game. He played like 34 minutes. So that amount of playing time for somebody at 3,400, I, I think he's rosterable as a punt play if he's starting again. Yeah, I think so too. But I'm, I like Orlando a lot for value just because they have so many injuries last game. And theoretically, this should be a good matchup for them because Portland is missing Nurkic and that leads to a more up-tempo game with more small ball lineups. But a lot of their guys have been priced up a lot. I mean, when we started using Jonathan Simmons right when Fournier got hurt, he was priced at 5,100. Now he's up to 6,600. So I don't really think there's value on Jonathan Simmons anymore. Uh, maybe Alfred Payton though. He was at 7,200 last game and now he only costs 6,000. So maybe we can go back to using Alfred Payton again. Uh, let's see, 6,000 for Peyton. It, I, I would say that there is some upside there. It's just the issue is also this is a really down-paced game for them. Portland does it, but it also, I'll say, it depends on if Nurkic is in or not. Because if Nurkic is in, this is a down-paced game for the Magic. And Nurkic, the Blazers with Nurkic, are a top-five defensive team. Oh, so yeah, I thought they, Nurkic had been ruled out already. He is actually questionable. So if Nurkic plays, I think it makes the whole game pretty unappealing. But if Nurkic is out, I think, yeah, I don't know if there's anyone on Portland you can really trust for minutes in the front court. Like you said, Zach Collins only played 21 minutes last game. Um, but I think the Orlando guys are kind of too expensive anyway. So I don't know if I really like this game that much, even if Nurkic is out. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, if Nurkic is out, it probably brings more appeal to the Orlando side really than the Portland side. Uh, but either way, not really the greatest of games. Uh, next game on the slate, Clippers at Wizards. Uh, this is a game I actually like a decent amount. So we have John Wall is at 8,000 at home. That's really cheap for Wall. He was restricted in his first game. He played 28 minutes. But he figures to play more minutes in this game. If he was 28 last game, I'd expect that he's somewhere in the 32 to 35-minute range. So not totally unrestricted where sometimes we'll see him get up to almost like 40 minutes in competitive games. 
But still, John Wall, 8,000 at home in a plus matchup against a beat-up Clippers team. Really a lot of upside there. And then from the Clippers side of the game, we have Milos Teodosic at 4,500. I think that he's a really strong play. He played 25 minutes last game, 21 minutes the game before. He's been starting. So the minutes should still go up. I would say that he's probably in the 20 to 30-minute range. Really strong value play for him at 4,500 because he's averaging exactly a fantasy point per minute this year. And then we also have Sam Decker played 27 minutes two games ago, 26 minutes last game. His price is only at 3,700. I think that he's a usable value play. And then 7,400 for DeAndre Jordan is just a bit too cheap for how good he's been since Blake Griffin's out. Uh, just his rebound numbers since Griffin got injured, 16, 17, 12, 21, 17, 17, 20. He averages 18 minutes per 36 minutes with Blake Griffin off the floor this year. That's a really good price for Jordan. So Austin Rivers is already ruled out for this game, right? I'm just trying to find his injury status. I don't think he's supposed to play. Yeah, he's out. Okay, so Tia Dosage probably is the chalkier play. He was pretty popular uh, the other night and did well. But I think DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams are both really strong plays, especially DeAndre Jordan for the reasons you said. Um, just so many rebounds available. But Tia Dosage is in play too. Sam Decker, maybe. But I, th- I think it's Jordan and Lou Williams that could do pretty well. And I think you could also kind of game stack here with John Wall. Uh, there is probably some concern for Wall that this game turns into a blowout. The Wizards are 10-point favorites. And this Clippers team is really bad without Blake Griffin and also without Danilo Gallinari. They were already without Patrick Beverly. It's not a great team, and the Wizards could blow them out. Uh, so if you're going to use Wall and play for the game to be close, I think that two guys that would almost definitely have good games in a close game for the Clippers would be Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan. So for GPPs, I think those three together make a lot of sense. Yeah, this is a this is a good game, definitely. And there's a lot of games that are expected to be le- relatively low scoring tomorrow. So this game actually with an over-under of 210 is expected to be one of the higher scoring games on the slate. Uh, next game, not expected to be one of the higher scoring games. Utah at Boston. This game is just a fade for me. These are arguably the two best defenses in the league. Obviously, Utah with Gobert back and the Boston defense has just been ridiculous this year. Really down-paced game. So th- this is a stay away for me. Yeah, I think so too. I'm just quickly scanning for potential value plays. I mean, Al Horford is priced down to 6600 which I think is a lot cheaper than what he's been. But this is a really tough matchup. I don't know. I mean... I think you could use Donovan Mitchell too, but those guys are reaching a bit. I, I think it's pretty easy to just stay away. All right, and next game, another one with pretty significant blowout risk. I think this game probably has the most amount of blowout on the slate. The Brooklyn Nets on the tail end of a back-to-back playing in Toronto, and Toronto's been much better as of late. So I think that there are some usable plays in this game, but they would just have to be GPP guys because of the blowout risk. So Lowry and DeRozan both, plenty of upside. Uh, Valanciunas has been playing a lot more minutes recently, and he's still priced all the way down at 4900 His last few games, uh, let me look at his minutes. He played uh, 28 minutes two games ago, 31 minutes last game, 43 fantasy points and 37 fantasy points. Obviously a really strong matchup against the Nets. Uh, it looks like the Nets are just never going to play Jill Okafor. I think they actually might have just taken him on to get that second-round pick that they got in the trade because the Sixers basically traded the Nets' second-round pick to just be done with Jill Okafor. And Okafor didn't play tonight. It looks like there's a chance he never plays for the Nets. 
So he was somebody who I thought could end up being an interesting GPP play. No longer think that's the case unless something changes. Uh, Hollis Jefferson at 5,800 I think is a pretty good play. And then where's Spencer Dinwiddie at 6,400? That's just too cheap for him. It's a tough matchup, but still he's been so good as a starter, and I was so anti-Dinwiddie last year. But he's been he's been much better this year. And then the other guy I think makes some sense is Karis Levert at 5,200. He's been playing much better as of late. And then... Uh, let's see, anybody else? If you think it's a blowout, then maybe you take a punt on somebody like a Fred Van Fleet, or uh, it's still hard to get behind like somebody like Jakob Portal. I think Van Fleet would make the most sense if you're expecting this game to be a blowout just because he's in the regular rotation and plays garbage time minutes. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're way, well, not ahead of me. I think we're on exactly the same page here because you mentioned a bunch of Nets guys that seem like Pretty good values, but I think it's easy to stay away because it does seem like a really high potential for a blowout game. So Fred VanVleet was actually the guy I was going to mention as my favorite player from the Raptors. I agree with you, Valanchunas is too cheap, but a blowout really caps his upside. Uh, VanVleet, though, in a blowout would probably play extra minutes. Uh, the Raptors don't have a ton of guard depth. I think since DeLon Wright got hurt, they just haven't had a lot of options on their bench. So... Van Vliet plays pretty significant minutes anyway. He's playing low to mid-20s minutes, even in close games. And then if it's a blowout, he probably just takes some of Kyle Lowry's minutes in the fourth quarter. He could play 30 minutes in a blowout game, um, and he's really cheap and is a decent per-minute producer. So I think Van Vliet is the guy that makes the most sense to use from either team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he's necessarily like the best play in terms of like a cash game situation but just for gpp for some of the upside considering the blowout risk i do think that he makes sense uh another game some blowout risk here but not as much just because they aren't as good we have the atlanta hawks on the tail end of a back-to-back playing in memphis the hawks are almost certainly going to be fades for me for this slate and then for the grizzlies where this gets interesting is tyreek evans is once again questionable with the hip injury with him out last game, I was expecting Mario Chalmers to start at point guard, but they actually ended up running uh, Andrew Harrison as a starting point guard. So he's at 4,600. I, I don't think it's a great value, but I think he's usable at 4,600 because it's a plus matchup for him against a weak Hawks defense. And then Marcus Gasol also would get a pretty big usage boost at 7,900 in a plus matchup. Uh, Chandler Parsons, Jermichael Green, I think they would both be okay plays. It's, it's just really a lot of this you need to know, is Tyreek Evans playing or not? Yeah, I would be extremely high on Marcus Sol if Evans doesn't play. Uh, it's the usage boost, as always, but the Hawks are a really easy matchup for a center and for rebounding. Drummond just destroyed them on the glass, and the Hawks are pretty banged up in the front court. They're starting Miles Plumley at center right now. Uh, John Collins is back, but he was on a minutes restriction Thursday night. I'm going to guess he's on a minutes restriction Friday night. It wouldn't really make sense for him to play limited minutes and then on the second half of the back-to-back play full minutes. He'll probably be limited again. So Gasol's going to be going up against some pretty weak competition. He's actually probably a good play even if Evans is in there. Uh, But with Evans out, I think Gasol becomes one of the stronger centers on the slate overall. And then, yeah, a couple of the guards that you mentioned, I think, all become at least semi-interesting. Andrew Harrison's probably a bit overpriced, but I think he's fine. Um, would you go back to Mario Chalmers even if he's coming off the bench, or you think in a bench role he just isn't going to play enough minutes even if Evans is out? Yeah, it's just not enough minutes. He didn't play a ton last game, so that, that's really the issue for me is 
that we we saw what his role looked like last game, and I don't expect it to change. Also, if it's a blowout, it's not like Mario Chalmers is playing garbage time. So, I I, I would much more be inclined to lean towards Harris. And also, it's only a $500 price difference. Yeah, uh, one other guy to mention, Jermichael Green at 4800 I think, is still a little too cheap. His price has gone up a bit. He was at 4000 a couple weeks ago. He's at 4400 last game. 4800 is just not enough for his production level, and he plays a lot of minutes now. Uh, with Evans out, he would probably play a few extra minutes, I would think. Maybe a little bit more usage. So I don't know. I'll just throw Jermichael Green in there also. He's one of our core guys, I guess, that's usable on basically any slate. All right. So we have a couple games left, and we're just rattling off games with blowout risk. Bulls at Bucks. <laughs> so from the Bulls side of the game, Chris Dunn at 6,500 I actually still think is pretty usable even in a tough matchup just because his production recently – uh, 41, 23, 43, 52, 37, 31. Like, he's averaging uh, almost 40 fantasy points per game over the last couple of weeks. So 6,500 is too cheap for him for his recent production. Uh, the Bulls front court situation then, Laurie Markkinen's questionable. He missed the last two games. He was a late scratch last game. But if he's out, Miritich is priced at 5,500. I think that he would be in play at that price. And then from the Bucks side of the game, guys like Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe, I think they're all fine, but none of them are really strong value plays, and there's blowout risk. It's just guys where I'd be like, yeah, I think that there there is GP potential for them, and maybe you could throw them into a lineup or two, but not somebody I would have heavy exposure to. Yeah, I think there really only is a ton of interest on the Bulls side if Lurie Markkinen doesn't play. Uh, Chris Dunn, I think, I don't know, I think he's a fine play, but it is a tough matchup. Uh, it becomes a pretty good situation for Miritich if Markinen doesn't play. But Miritich has been priced up a little bit too. I don't know. It, it's another game that is avoidable for sure. I think you could reach a little bit and go for some of these Bulls guys. But there's a lot of blowout risk for the Bucks, And there's just a lot of blowout risk overall. So uh, in, a, in a tough game between a really good team that plays good defense and plays slow and then just a terrible team, I think you can stay away from this one. And there are a lot of games to choose from. So... It's pretty easy to just ignore four or five of these really bad games. All right, so next game. This is a game I really like a decent amount. The New Orleans Pelicans at the Denver Nuggets. This is can, Me liking this game a lot is contingent on us getting early information on Nikola Jokic, though. Jokic was active for the Nuggets last game and then ended up playing zero minutes. So I hope that we get early word on not only is Jokic going to dress or not for the game, but is he going to start? Because if Jokic starts then I think we could say 7700 for Jokic, ridiculously cheap. We could fire him up. But if we find out that Jokic is active but not starting, then there's a risk of him not playing, and this becomes a really tough situation to figure out. In addition, we have Will Barton as questionable. If he doesn't play, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris both scored a million fantasy points last game. I think if they're both in play, this is a favorable matchup. The Pelicans don't have a good defense. And then Wilson Chandler at 4500 He's been playing a lot of minutes lately. He would be in play. And then from the Pelican side of the game, I think DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis would both be fine targets, and I think Drew Holiday would be okay. This is this is a pretty stackable game. So I think you're being a little optimistic to think that we're actually going to get usable information here with Jokic and with Will Barton. Uh, this is a 10 o'clock game, right? So we are... It's a late game. Yeah, I think the slate actually starts at 8, though. So that helps us a little bit with Locke being later. I'll double-check that, but I'm pretty sure there aren't any 7 o'clock games. There's 11 games. There has to be a 7 o'clock game. I don't... 
Okay. Yeah. Disregard that. There's there are seven o'clock games. Uh, so never mind. But th- this never game. Never you mind. Yeah, I think this game is nine o'clock though, not ten o'clock. So yeah, t- I think your time same... zones are off. My time zone is off. Yeah, that's the problem. I was looking at uh, the wrong time zone, which just happens sometimes. So yeah, there's t- it's the same point. There's two hours between lock and the start of this game which means that we could very easily just not know what's going to happen with the Nuggets going into it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we do with these situations, but hopefully we just know. Either way, though, it's a good matchup for the Pelicans. So Cousins and Davis are in play, and then I guess each one more and Drew Holiday still. Anthony Davis playing hurts those guys, but it's a good matchup. So I think almost everyone from the Pelicans is usable. All right, next game on the slate is Spurs at Rockets. And from the Spurs side of the game, Kawhi Leonard made his debut last game. He played just 16 minutes. He's expected to be restricted again. The issue with Kawhi Leonard being restricted is obviously if he's only going to play like 20 to 25 minutes, we can't roster him at 7,100. But just that time on the court, still he's going to take away usage from LaMarcus Aldridge. There's also less minutes for guys like Pau Gasol and Rudy Gay available. So that kind of just takes all of the Spurs guys out of play. And then from the Rockets side... I think that James Harden and Chris Paul, both of them are usable. They've both been ridiculous lately. And then somebody who I kind of think is an under-the-radar um, GPP play is P.J. Tucker is at 3,500. And Luke Richard and Bahamut has been ruled out for the next two to three weeks. So Mbamut is not somebody you think of as a significant player in the Rockets rotation. And he's not. He only plays like 20 minutes per game. But a lot of that minutes goes to P.J. Tucker now, and Tucker probably has to play 30-plus minutes now. So at 3,500, he doesn't really have to produce a lot per minute to pay off value. Even in a difficult matchup, I think it's a good spot for him. Tucker gets a lot of his uh, fantasy points from steals, blocks, rebounds. He'll get a couple of assists, maybe hit a three or two. So even though the Spurs have a really good defense, Tucker doesn't really need a score to get fantasy points. So I think he's a pretty decent value play. Yeah, I think so too, and I also think Eric Gordon might benefit a little bit in for the same reason. Gordon's been playing sort of sporadic minutes, kind of in the high 20s, but maybe he ends up seeing low to mid 30s as a result of Mbamute being out. It's probably not as much of a boost, and Gordon is just suffering from lower usage rates with Chris Paul being back, but Gordon's price has also gone way down. He's at 4800 now, and he I think he was priced in the 7000s at one point this year. So the extra minutes could be enough to make him a good value play. But this this isn't that great of a game overall, I don't think. Uh, Harden is obviously really expensive, as always, and the Spurs are a tough matchup. Chris Paul is just good enough that he's usable anyway, and 8600 might just be a little too cheap for him. But my two favorite players from the game are Tucker and Eric Gordon, for sure. Yep, and the Houston Rockets are undefeated this year when Chris Paul plays, so... Uh, That's a trend that will probably continue for another three or four months, and that would make them a very good team. (laughs) Well, the Rockets are eight-point favorites for this game, so against the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard, uh, Vegas is giving them a lot of credit, and I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, they're they're really good, and Matt and I have already talked about this, but there's a pretty good chance that sometime later in the year I'm going to be placing a bet on the Rockets to beat the Warriors in a playoff series. It's not that I think it's going to happen, except I think for what the odds are, I think they have a better chance than what people would perceive to beat the Warriors in a playoff series. So that will finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GArenbergDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense, and we'll be back next week.